We may be very familiar with the passage of Jesus entering Jerusalem riding on a donkey and people taking off their coats and tearing down palm trees and laying them in his path. And I'm just going to break up this verse 5 that says, See, your king comes to you. So my first part of the talk is seeing and the kids are looking for eyes. Because sometimes our eyes aren't where we're supposed to be looking. You know, we can be so focused on what is in front of us in our daily living that we can forget. And this is the opportunity of this coming week, is to refocus our looking and our viewing. So I hope at this time, in the context of the passage, it's the Passover. And they would have packed up their belongings, they would have shut their shops, they would close down their business, and they would have made a journey to Jerusalem, which they still do today. But sadly, they don't, many don't see him. And in a sense, we want to almost do that. I know practically we cannot do that. Physically, we cannot all stop our jobs this week and physically do that. But we can take time to do that, can't we? Because one of the biggest qualities and quantities and and the opportunities that we do have is to make our time available for God and to honor him with our time. He knows how much it costs you. But it honors him when we take time to look again. It takes time to refocus upon him. And you know, we've we've got crucial in this coming week. That's a facility. It's a resource to take time to look again. And I've written up there a prayer. You don't have to read those words exactly, but you might want to put that into your heart to be able to look and see Jesus this coming week in a new and living way. To look to him. It might be that you're on your own and, and you're quite happy with the peace and quiet of being on your own. Praise the Lord. Look to him in those quiet moments. It might be that you struggle with being on your own. Well, come on, we're a community of nearly 200 people here. Surely we can get on the phone and have a quiet time together. So many of us have call messages or whatever. That's free phone calls. Or we might be advanced and be in the technological age and say we can Skype each other and have a quiet time. Why not? Use it. You might have one of those new phones But you couldn't communicate. It doesn't matter where you are geographically. Use it to bless one another. And the challenge could be for us, there are four Gospels, four accounts of the Easter story. Why not take the challenge to read one account each day before Good Friday? How about that? Read one account each day before Good Friday. It shouldn't take you more than 15 or 20 minutes. Who knows what can happen? Attitude of expectancy. Well, yesterday we had a family tea for all our families, children on the 11 here at the church. And from the moment my kids woke up yesterday morning, they wanted to know what time it was going to be. And it wasn't until half three yesterday afternoon. And uh, we got here about half two, and they still were waiting. When are they coming? It was this excitement. And after a good night's sleep, they're well charged up again today of coming to church. There's that excitement, that expectancy. May we not lose that. May this Easter, may we have an attitude of expectancy. You might be struggling with that and say, Lord, help. Help me with it. Renew this expectancy. 
Jesus tells us that we are to be childlike in our relationship to him. Not childish, childlike. With that attitude that every morning is something going to happen today. And my kids say, what are we doing today, Dad? What are we doing today? They ask Jane. What's ahead of us? There's that expectancy and looking forward to engaging with the day. And may we do that. Lord, what are we going to do today? What am I going to learn? What am I going to see you doing today? So please, be prepared to look and have the right attitude. That's the first one. May you want to, over the next minute or so, just read that passage. Or maybe I'll just give you a bit of space to just pray that prayer. Or your own prayer. These are just aids to help, to focus. Thank you. They're thinking about looking to Jesus. Now they're going to be finding a heart to color in that heart, to make it their own heart, and they're going to add it to their poster. Jesus is our king. He's got a love for each one of us that's here. He knows us because he's made us. And we're going to be thinking about his love for us. So the children are going to be finding their hearts now while Ian comes to talk to us again. So the next part is your. See, your king comes to you, your. You're loved by him, and that's what I put up there. In Romans 5, we read so much about how God demonstrates his own love for us, that he laid down his life for us. That's a practical, realistic demonstration to die for someone who don't even know that we're loved by him. He does love us. We also read in John 3.16, for God so loved the world, all the peoples of the world. And that love meant that he did something about it. He gave his only son. And Jesus was willing to be part of that demonstration. You know, he came to suffer on a cross, to die for us, so that we can receive the opportunity of forgiveness. This is a week where we can look again and see something afresh. And through the process, we learn to love things that he loves. And he, learn, he loves, and, and we begin to learn to choose things that he loves as well. And that's a process. It's a changing of attitude. Can I share with you one of my first challenges as a, as a new Christian? I came across a verse that Jesus says, love God above and before your parents. And that was quite, if you dwell on it, it's quite a strong command and a strong expectancy. And I had to confess, Lord, I find this really hard to love you above my own family, people who I love and who love me and who've given so much and put so much into my life. It was tough. 
But God gave me the grace to accept it and embrace, to love him first and to learn to love him first and to put him first. And you know what? I learned something new. I realized that my prior love and commitment to my family was so limited. It was more to do with my temperament often rather than a deep-seated love for them, for who they were. God opened my eyes to see that as I put him first in loving him first, I was able to love others to a much greater measure and a much deeper measure than ever done before. And though I found certain things difficult about my loved ones, he was able to love me to love them in such a way that I would overlook that and see beyond that. And that's me learning to realize how God loves us to a deeper level than we can ever understand. No wonder Romans says we're in the middle of that love, no matter how high, how deep, how wide, how long. We begin to realize that this love is much bigger than we can ever know. So may we experience this. May we explore it over this coming week. In our third little look, we're looking at him as the king. And this is one of those titles that he takes that we could easily glance over. But we're in a position where we can acknowledge his protection and his provision. And we may need to take some time just to reflect on that or expand on it in the week. His protection doesn't necessarily mean that life will go as a bed of roses and completely smooth and nothing will ever interrupt our absolute time with him. And that's why sometimes it's good to go away and find that space. Sometimes it's good to withdraw and have that quietness. But as Moses found out that there was a wonderful experience on the mountain top, but he had to come down the mountain and live in the reality of the valley, in the shadow of the valley, and there's challenges and the difficulties. He can sustain us day by day. We must give thanks for that, for his daily provision. He's provided for all our needs through rich promises, which we can take hold of and apply to our lives. And as we take hold of them and we apply them to our daily living, as the children are putting jewels on those crowns, it's an acknowledgement of his lordship and his kingship over our lives. Are we willing to do that? Like the kids take the crown, the jewels, and put them on their crowns now. Are we taking his rich promises every day and acknowledging him, Lord? Each one is like putting a new jewel on his crown, honoring and lifting him up as we bow before him. Romans chapter 14, I've paraphrased this for the children. The reason for his visit is that Jesus died and returned to life so that he might be Lord 
when we put king, one aspect of that lordship is king over us all. Let me read that again. The reason for his coming, his visit to us. We've seen his demonstration of his love is that he might be Lord of us all. And he does not force that upon us. It's not a lordship where he forces his dominion upon us. As we look at history, we can see history is just scattered of lordships where people have forced their dominion on others. But this one is one that is willing, where we willingly subject ourselves to him. We read in Matthew 21 that he came gentle and riding on a donkey. He didn't come in a stretch limo or a helicopter or some way that would, a monster truck or something like that, that would really impress us and draw our attention to him. He came gentle, quiet. And you know, he comes to us quietly every day. Are we there to listen? Do we make the time to acknowledge him as Lord? And see, he comes riding on a donkey. This renowned beast of of disobedience and stubbornness. And yet, it yields to his lordship. Oh boy, I've got so much to learn to yield to his lordship. Day by day. Every experience. I know I talked to you just now about the challenge of me loving my parents but that challenge of love is not a one-off it's the reality of every day to love each other to bear with each other to forgive each other to look beyond that and remember who first loved us so that beast that stubbornness that willful creature yields to jesus oh that we might be like him and yield more willingly And finally, the children are going to be focusing on their poster that Jesus came to us and he's here with us today. And when they go off to school tomorrow, we pray that they know that he's going to be with them. And it's really hard for children. It's hard for adults too. If we don't know what it means to have Jesus in our lives. And we really do pray that if you don't know what it means having Jesus in your life, that you will be able to pray with somebody afterwards, talk to somebody, find out a little bit more how we can help you on that journey of discovery. But we pray for the children that two simple footprints on their poster will remind them that Jesus is with them wherever they are. So Ian, would you like to come up for the last piece? Thank you. See, your king comes to you And his visit is very here. He's here with us. Yes, the passage in Zechariah was speaking four or five hundred years, pointing to the future. Matthew recounts that and says, he is here now. And what is interesting, there is almost another finger pointing that he will come again one day. But he's also here now. Gentle and humble. 
and we can look to him. We can take the opportunity of this week to look again, to raise our expectation, to remember to love like he loved, to remember to wait for him. I spoke just now of him coming, not in a very expected way of a stretch limo or something like that, he comes gently, but also he comes in the unexpected. The two disciples are on the road to Emmaus, weren't they? And they were going on their journey and they were having this conversation with this stranger. And then suddenly he revealed himself. Sometimes it is in the unexpected. It is in the occasion when we're most busy and we're struggling to get through something that somebody raps at the door or the phone rings and you think, oh, I can't pack any more in. Don't our loving Lord know what, how to help us? So often he wants to be like that stranger, just to draw alongside and go on that journey with us today, tomorrow, every day into this new week. And then to reveal himself in it. We read there, he comes to you. Yes, he comes to us as a worldwide church, but he also comes to us as individuals. And he's willing to meet you personally. So my final challenge. Sign up. Plan your move this week. Over coffee and courtesy of our tea yesterday, we had so many cakes so you'll have cake with coffee this morning or tea this morning. When you rush to the back, rush to sign up and then rush for cake, okay? <laughs> Get your priorities and go for it. Look forward to this week and see how he will meet you in every moment of every day. That you too will be shaking those palm branches in praise of his name and his lordship. Thank you.